Good morning and welcome to our service today. And what a, what a beautiful day it is. And isn't it lovely to have the big door open at the back? So I, I can see trees and birds flying around and stuff. You can't, but I assure you that it is lovely out there and it's wonderful to be able to, um, uh, to have the door open uh, today as we have. Now, it is possible that this Sunday will be the last service here in the barn, although we are still waiting for our tent to arrive and uh, it's... Uh, just been delayed in customs and all that stuff. I think they're checking it for COVID. <laughs> so I, I, think, I think it's having a swab test of some description to, to check it's okay. Uh, but we do know it's in Toronto. So we've uh, been able to, uh, uh, to determine that. Um, so I'm hoping or we're praying that this will be the last Sunday in the wrong, right way or the wrong way, depending on how you look at it. I'm sure Simon wants his barn back, but uh, we are so grateful for the time that we have had here. And what a way to go out uh, to have a, a service of believers baptism. And so we're really looking forward to this this morning and uh, we will keep everybody informed. So please keep an eye on the email um, address uh, your, the emails coming from the church and also if you've got the church app just to make sure that uh, you know where to come for next Sunday. Okay, what we're going to do if we may is stand and we're going to sing uh, the, the, uh, the song Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Thank you.
Oh Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. Just want to uh, say we have to. I'm very conscious that time is going to go by this morning. Uh, we've actually added an extra hymn as well because uh, it was right to do so. But let's not look at clocks and watches. Let's uh, simply focus on the Lord Jesus and uh, on the testimonies that have taken place here this morning. But I just want to make mention of the fact that uh, if this is the first time you've joined us in our fellowship, it's great to welcome you. And we pray that the Lord will bless you richly and that you will enjoy your time here, that you'll feel at home. Uh, we do have some visitor cards. I can't see one to hold up, but they're over there on the table. And if you'd like to pop your email address uh, on there, then what we can do is to add you to the list uh, so that you get a, an email once a week that just tells you what's going on here at Norwich Baptist Church. So if you'd like to do that, you can always um, delete it or ask to be removed if you're fed up with it after a while. Uh, in terms of uh, other items that we've got going on, the bulletin is what is sent out on the email, but there are some printed ones at the, va at the side there at the, at the church, and that has all the details of, of what is taking place. There is also our word search for our young people, so if there's any young people here this morning and you haven't picked one up, then go and pick one up so that during the message uh, you've got something to keep your eye focused and your ear focused on what's taking place. There is no chat this evening, that's for our young people, that will be again next week. Uh, we do, however, have uh, one notice that on Thursday this week, we're beginning our Freedom in Christ discipleship meetings. They're just one Thursday a month, and these are for essentially younger people. But if you have come to know the Lord Jesus of recent, uh, maybe you've been baptized, maybe you haven't, but simply, if you want to know what it is to grow and to be discipled, then please come along to that meeting. Now, I'm not sure of the location. It'll either be at our home, uh, um, sorry, that meeting will be at the Cornerstone, which is on Thursday at 7 p.m. in the Cornerstone. So that's uh, uh, something to look forward to. I do need to know, though, because there will be notes available. Uh, and so I just need to know how many to print off. So I'll try and stand near the door. Young people, I'm looking for you particularly. And those who were baptized last year, uh, you've got to come. If, if you need me to come and pick you up, I will do that. I'll arrange for... Um, for the OPP to come by if necessary, okay? So look out and, uh, and come along for that, uh, that time. And it'll be very informal. We're going to have a good time together. Now on Friday, I haven't finally confirmed this. That means I haven't spoken to my wife yet, just in case you're intrigued as to what that means. But uh, our evangelism team is working hard at the moment. And they were out last uh, Friday evening and they were able to distribute meals and uh, talk to people of the gospel and distribute scripture and so on but this week on friday we're hoping to meet together to just go through the biblical principles of evangelism we have a dinner okay so it won't be this friday i will send you a message as to when it will be but uh, look out for that meeting because we are uh, planning on um, going through the biblical principles of evangelism and working with that so i will send an email out so that everybody knows when that will be taking place Right, uh, we, as I say, are still waiting for the tent to arrive. Let's please pray that it is uh, early this week and that we're able to start looking at that. But it is a tall order to get everything sorted for next week. So it could well be, um, if Simon and Edie are okay with that, that church might be here just one more Sunday, we hope and pray. We have a lot going on in terms of uh, things to do with the tent, though. And uh, Edie has given me a, an invite. Uh, it, <laughs> It's to a chair cleaning party. Now, if you've never been to one of these before, I assure you it's great fun and you'll enjoy every moment of it. Uh, it will be taking place here 
uh, at the bunkhouse, okay? And Edie says, bring your own lunch and refreshments. Uh, and she's going to supply all the stuff that we need to clean 315 chairs. So it's a tall order, but don't just leave Edie. We've got to come and help. So please, if you're able to come, Edie's planning on starting at 9. So if we can be there for 9 o'clock, that would be a good thing. And what we can do is to come during the day. You don't have to come and stay all day, but if we can come and do an hour, two hours or whatever it is, uh, and then try and get all these chairs cleaned and ready to roll as soon as the tent is up. That's going to be on Wednesday, uh, May the 18th, so that's uh, this week. And uh, it'll be, as I say, starting 9 in the morning. Bring something to eat. And if it's a hot day, um, a jug of water wouldn't go amiss as well. So we look forward to that. But as I, I assure you, they are great fun. And if you want more details, talk to Edie and she will let you have those. Right. Um, we're going to come now and give thanks to the Lord for the gifts and offerings that have been brought into this fellowship this week. Let's pray. And so, our Father, we just want to, first and foremost, say thank you that we can meet together. Uh, we thank you, too, for this very special occasion. Uh, we thank you for the wonderful opportunities that baptismal services have given throughout the last 2,000 years, going right the way back to the River Jordan. And we saw John baptizing those who had repented of their sin and went down into the water. And our Lord Jesus himself came and he identified himself with us first because of what he did. And we thank you for that. And so this morning, for the four people who are being baptized, we want to see all the meaning that that gives to us with the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we look forward to that. Father, we thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for the gifts and for the offerings that have been brought into this church during the course of uh, this last week, and we pray, Lord, that you'd continue to bless us and to encourage us. And Father, we ask as uh, uh, we're waiting for this tent to arrive with various expenses that uh, are incurred with this, that you would graciously provide all the needs that we have. Lord, we look to you continually, and we recognize that you indeed provide and supply the needs of your people. So bless us, we pray, in all that takes place in our service this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. By the way, all the songs and hymns have been chosen by those who are being baptized uh, today. So let's uh, uh, stand and sing, Just As I Am.
So just uh, before we sing our next hymn and then we look forward to our, um, our testimonies, I just want to uh, explain, and I think it's right that we do do this, what exactly it is that's taking place here this morning. It's possible that there's somebody who has never been uh, to one of these services before. Uh, it could be that uh, the background that you're from has, for example, had infant baptism uh, and, uh, and so on. So I just need to explain what it is that is taking place. By the way, this is our baptistry here. This must be the only barn, I think, in the whole of Ontario, possibly, uh, with, a, with a baptistry fitted in it. And it's, uh, it's a joy, and we thank Simon uh, for keeping an eye on the water. But he's had a vested interest in it in this occasion, so we look forward to that. Our obedience to Jesus. Now, this has to be the first and fundamental aspect of uh, baptism whenever you see baptism mentioned in the scriptures it says believe and be baptized believe and be baptized never is it the other way around that uh, uh, we have ever seen within the scriptures we also discover that there are things in the scriptures that we are told to do Uh, we're told not to worry now I realize that lots of us spend a lot of time worrying about things that we don't need to worry about but it is a commandment in scripture not to worry And so we discover that uh, if we look, for example, in Matthew 28 or indeed Mark 16, or if we go to Colossians or Galatians or to Romans, uh, we discover very clearly that baptism is spoken of as being an expected um, event to take place after our coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, after our believing and putting our trust. And we're going to be looking at uh, Romans chapter 10 a little bit later uh, to... um, Uh, to to see this but uh, Matthew 28 says go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you so the word discipleship is really or disciple is really the center of this verse that we have here because it's those who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who are disciples a disciple or is a follower of the Lord Jesus. And so our baptism is a recognition of all that Christ has done for us. And it's our preparedness to stand in the place that Jesus stood. We know that the cross is described as our Lord said, I have a baptism to undergo because he was immersed in the suffering and the challenges of the cross. And so we're seeing what is taking place in our lives and that is important for us to be able to do that before we become christians we thought only of pleasing ourselves and possibly other people but now we make it our goal to please the lord and we see that in corinthians 2 corinthians 5 and verse 9 and so our baptism is pleasing it's pleasing to the lord jesus because he said do this show me you love me and so we do this to demonstrate that It's our confession of Jesus Christ. Baptism has been described as an outward sign of an inward faith. Uh, This is a simple but helpful definition. Faith is an invisible, intangible thing that needs to be expressed in action. We're going to talk about this in the message a little bit later. And we can show people what they cannot see. We can declare what they may not have already guessed. Remember, these people are not being saved now. It's ordinary water. Is it well water or is it town water here? Well water. So, so we've gone up from the church then. We've now got uh, well water. Well, the thing is, you know, we haven't imported it from the Vatican. Uh, nobody else has done anything special to it. Because it doesn't save us. It shows about our dedication to Jesus. The oath sworn by a Roman soldier to the emperor when 
he declared his allegiance to him was called the sacramentum. And there are only two sacraments or ordinances that we hold to, which is um, Lord's Supper, breaking of bread, and baptism. And these are the two which are so important for us in our lives. Our identification with Christ, we briefly spoke about that in the prayer that we have just shared. This is the main and deeper meaning of baptism. In believers, baptism by full immersion in water, we identify with three great acts that secured our salvation. And that was the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, his burial, and his resurrection. And Paul sums up the Christian message by linking these all together when he says Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Now this is important. Listen. Our Lord Jesus came and identified himself with sinners before he called sinners to identify themselves with him. He did this in two ways. One, by his baptism in the Jordan. John baptized in the Jordan. Those who repented in response to his preaching. When Jesus asked to be baptized, John at first refused, and of course he would do. This was because John knew that Jesus had no need of repentance. But Jesus went down into the water in order to stand in the sinner's place. You see, friends, Jesus graciously has identified himself with us in our relationship to him, in our relationship to God as sinners. His baptism in the Jordan was also a picture of his death and his coming up out of the water, a portrayal of his resurrection. And of course, there's our identification with him. By his baptism on the cross, Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 50, I have a baptism to undergo and how distressed I am until it is completed. Jesus was referring to the time when he would be overwhelmed by mental and physical agony on the cross. He was immersed in suffering as he bore God's judgment on man's sin. In his life and in his death, Jesus was sinless. He took the place of those who were sinful. That's our identification with him. And when we became Christians, two things happened. Our old way of life finished and a completely new way of life began. And this is summed up by the expressions, count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ, Romans 6, 11. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And it's exciting when we hear of people that have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of young guys in our fellowship recently, and it's been tremendous to see the changes that I've noticed in their lives because everything's changed, Okay. The moment our lives were linked with Christ, these two things happened that happened to him also happened to us. We died with him to sin and its power over us and we have risen to him to new life. And these great truths are clearly demonstrated in believers' baptism by immersion. So we go down into the water which speaks of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6:11. count yourselves dead to sin. And as we're under the water, we're seen as being buried. A person who has passed away must be buried just as Jesus was buried in the tomb. So when we are lowered beneath the water, our lives as sinners are regarded as put out of sight. The Bible teaches we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Romans 6 and verse 4. Our baptism then becomes a kind of a funeral service. That might be a shock to some of you, but that's what we're looking at here. 
And then up out of the water, resurrection, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We have been united with him in his death. We will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Again, Romans 6, verses 4 and 5. And this is why our baptism is so important. And our Lord knew all of this, so he identified himself with us as sinners by standing in our place. What a wonderful thing our Lord did for us when he stood in the Jordan. And what a wonderful thing it is that we are able to stand in his death, burial, and resurrection. Let's uh, stand and sing our next uh, uh, song, um, In Christ Alone.
Wow, it's tremendous to sing these songs and hymns uh, this morning, and the theme is already developing righteousness and faith that we're seeing uh, very clearly presented to us, and we'll be looking at those items in a moment. Now, uh, we're going to start off with our testimonies, and I'm going to ask if Mike would like to uh, come up first. Now, some of you won't recognize Mike, but before we talk about Mike, I just want to say, Howard, it's very kind of you to come and to support Mike this morning. We appreciate that. Uh, Howard, this is Mike's uh, dad. Um, Howard is from Northern Ireland, and, and we've discovered that people from Northern Ireland quite often are more English than the English are. So it's wonderful to, to meet you and uh, to, uh, uh, to have the time of fellowship that we did the other day. So I just want to introduce Mike. Now, Mike is a, a friend. Uh, he's been to church the last three Sundays. Mike is a friend of Jeremy's, and uh, Mike is going to come and share his testimony. Mike has been a tremendous blessing to Jeremy, and Jeremy's going to come and give his testimony after Mike has spoken, so we've been looking forward to this. And um, uh, now Mike does live quite a long way from here, and he won't be able to come to church uh, regularly. And I have spoken to Mike and explained that we need to make sure that he finds a local church. But uh, because of the uh, links with Jeremy and the times that we've had talking together, it's been a blessing. And he had spoken to me about this step of obedience to the Lord Jesus. And we have felt as a, a church leadership that it is right that um, at the mic is here to be baptized this morning. So Mike, over to you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Firstly, I would like to thank Pastor Sim for his compassion, guidance, and this opportunity. Um, I'd like to thank Edie and Simon for privilege of being here. Uh, my name is Michael Thomas Burns and this is my testimony. I was raised in Hamilton by loving, by loving parents Howard and Karen. I have a brother named Ian and we have uh, we've had a very beautiful childhood without many problems. My parents were hard-working individuals who were always there for us in any situation and still are to this day. I'm very blessed and thankful for all the opportunities and guidance they have given me over the years. Um, secondly, I'd like to say it's not necessarily about the journey, it's about the destination, which is back to the Father and our homes in heaven. Along that journey, we are bound to make mistakes and we are bound to sin in one form or fashion. But God has always been there to pick us up and assist us in any situation. We, in any situation we may face. He certainly has picked me up many times, and each time I've been picked up, I've learned a valuable lesson. Sometimes we go left when we should go right, but God is always at a straight in our path. It's never too late to change. Uh, in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. I've certainly gone left many times in my life. None of us are perfect and have all for, fallen short of the glory of God and I'm certainly no exception but I now truly hear the calling <clears throat> sorry but I now truly hear the calling and my heart feels the beautiful conviction and presence of God with me wherever I go and wherever I am in life. As I look back I see how many times I went left and made mistakes. For a long time I lived my own, by my own compass, from my own selfish desires. 
Now I live for God and to do what's right and to the best of my ability. If, uh, in 1 John 1, verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I was given free range to find my own way in life and from a very early age I was a believer. I was never biblically literate but felt a calling to the Christian lifestyle. I remember being very young and sitting in my kitchen and looking out the back door and just feeling something and I just knew it was God. I could never grasp and still can't how people cannot see the reality of God. But everybody needs to walk their own uh, path in life. Uh, I'm a sinner and realize that what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary saved me not only my saved not only my life, but removed all my sins. He took the sin of the world to the cross, and is and has done so and saved me. As it says in Romans eight, uh, verse one and two, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. I have a loving and caring heart. I honestly can say that I've always wanted the best for everyone. I had a strong moral compass, but certainly wasn't always spiritually grounded considering many of the actions of old. I've lied, stolen, used and sold drugs, taken loved ones for granted, been in fights, had sexual relations with multiple women, uh, premarital, etc. I regret and feel ashamed for these actions, and I've been a different man for a long time now. I've repented over and over, asked for forgiveness, and I have vowed to try my best to live a better life from this point forward. That doesn't mean that I won't fall short in the future. I'm just much more cognizant of my actions due to the grace and intervention of God. This baptism is another large step in my journey to become closer to our Heavenly Father. I've wanted to be baptized for a long time now, and the timing is perfect. I'm blessed that my brother Jeremy, in whom I love, has helped facilitate this step in my life, as I'm sure I helped facilitate his journey. That's what brothers do. We used to have long philosophical conversations about God starting years ago and have been through a lot together in the 20 plus years we have known each other. I'm blessed to call him my best friend and brother. I would like to conclude by thanking all the people here for listening to my testimony. I pray that God keeps your faith and heart strong in this journey of life that we and that we can all be beacons of light to some extent to those in whom we love. For it is our duty to confess our love of the Lord. Again, I would like to thank Pastor Sam, his wife and family, the Norwich Baptist Church, for this wonderful opportunity. God bless each and every one of you. Jeremy, are you here? Right, come on. Okay. Uh, Micah, just want to say thank you for that testimony from the heart, uh, a testimony which uh, many of us can relate to. And so we thank you for being prepared to stand and to say where you come from 
and where God's taking you. Okay. Amen. Jeremy, I'm going to stand nearby. Okay. Okay. Well, I might sit down. Okay. So, I've known all of you for a few years now. Most of you. And all the new ones, if I haven't known you, I've stepped forward to introduce myself. And I've taken great pleasure in coming to know all of you because you're now my, you're my family in the body of Christ. So, I have been going through a lot these past years. I have been going through battles I can barely explain to you that it would be hard to comprehend that I barely comprehended it. I recently have stepped forward in baptism with the Lord. And I had been looking forward to it for quite some time. And I, thanks to this young man here, got the, the gentle nudge and support and the, the light and the love that I needed. He set me on the path to God. Well, actually, I've been set on the path for a long time. I'm sorry. I decided this is my style and I'm being true to me, which God loves. He finds lovely because I am who I am. And he is, we all are ourselves. You are you and you are you. And we are to embrace that to the fullest, be you, but in righteousness and holiness. All right? So I didn't know what I was going to say. And I've been asked every day to prepare a testimony. For, since I was baptized months ago. And I've been asked every day. And I just feel like I'm growing in God every day. That my lessons are to build me to what I have to say. I've been spending, I, I, my brain jumps everywhere, so it may do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so starting back, let me start a little earlier, and I'm going to come back to that. I grew up with my mom. We went to church for a few years. I grew up in an Anglican, in Anglican church, and I went with my mom and her boyfriend. We, uh, we stopped, and then I went with my best friends, and they were part of a Catholic church. So I was attending Catholic Church every Sunday, and we went up until I moved, and then I really, I wasn't looking like I once was, and I'm sorry to say that, Lord. That's not the light I'm trying to stand in, but the happy part, the part that brings it back to holiness is I found you once more, and brighter and better than I ever had, ever in my whole life. <laughs> so... I've been on this journey. I've, I've been on a, a journey my whole life. I always had a sense of what was right. I always felt I knew right from wrong. And I always wanted to stand by it no matter what, no matter how it looks. Right is the right thing to do. <laughs> and thank you for God. Thanks to God, he's been teaching me who I am again. Because I got lost. I lost my way. I didn't know who I was anymore because I wasn't talking to him and I was looking to things that weren't of light even when I was still light I was stuck in the darkness and he helped me find my way out and I've been growing up with Mike and I wanted to say thank you to Michael who just gave his testimony we've been speaking <laughs> sorry sometimes I think <laughs> uh, we've, been, we've been talking about things for years and we like we start to talk about the trees and the wind and the breeze and the temperature of the sun as it reaches the earth and like really just try to understand everything. And Mike here, 
on every single thing I said, it says, that's God. Everything I spoke on, he says, that's God. Praise the Lord. So thank you, Michael, for always praising the Lord alongside me and always being a support to my, my path in my life with God. Now, I, I was going to prepare a statement, and I literally have had God speaking to me every single day, and more and more each day to where the last few days, he, he will not leave my side. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> the Lord is with me. And he's teaching me, he's speaking to me, and he's speaking through me. And he's been showing me everything I need, knowing that I was prepared to speak today, and I had nothing written down. I've, I just started walking and learning, and I have so much that he's speaking to me, and all the lessons that I have to learn to grow me in a godly way, in the light, and in love, how to speak. So everything we are goes from thought to speech to actions. This is unified, right? We are to be of one mind. So we are to speak as we think, and we are supposed to put out our actions. Where, so I, <laughs> I jump all over the place. I have so many ideas here, and this story is so grand that I've literally spent the last week with God, and I'm trying to cram it into 10 minutes. <laughs> so I have some keynotes here. I wrote a few keynotes that would keep me on track, if I, uh, if I needed to keep my place. So a lot of it, and I was writing a, I was writing a lot of it right while I was sitting here because it was flowing to me nonstop, like God is working through me. He's showing me things. Every day, he's teaching me how to grow. I can't emphasize this enough. And some of what I have to say here will co uh, cover that. First, I want to state that relocation, citizenship in heaven, secured by God at his side, is what we should all be seeking and what I have been looking for and found in Jesus. <sighs> oh, pardon me. <laughs> I encourage you all, repentance of sins and belief in Jesus Christ as being your Lord and Savior is the path to salvation. If you are one of the people here who believe in Jesus, you know who he is. Okay, I know all of you know who he is. I want you to look to him. Tell him everything you've ever done, everything that you never wanted to look at or speak of again, and he will clean you, and you will be spotless. Step in here, be baptized. Some of you, I know, are thinking about it and on the fence. Some of you are, have done it and are praising the Lord every day since because you are a, a new creation. And if you haven't been thinking about it, now is the time. Do not wait, okay? Every day is precious. It is a gift from the Lord. <laughs> Rejoice, <laughs> for this is the day the Lord has prepared. <laughs> so I wanted to speak about life with God because I've been living my life with God. And he has been upholding me. I've been upheld by God above whom from all things flow. He created everything. I often like to think of the world because we're not supposed to get caught up on currency and material that I wanted it to be pure. So I often reference what was here for Adam and Eve. What was here as the God created it, as he makes everything just right. It is in its most excellence. Too much to the left or right, too forward, back, too up, too down. It doesn't work. 
Every temperature, the temperature of the world, we have the sun beating down uh, rays of sunshine from the Lord on earth. Space is 270 degrees Celsius minus, and we have a flux of minus 50 and plus 50 degrees on earth. So it's, the range is like 200 and minus 220 to minus two, or 320, and we're getting this 100 degree balance. If you really think about it, I'm sorry that's a little segue, that's a science of it, but that's where I started to look to, to really see what God made, how God made it, the perfection in his plan, where everything is just right. And you are just right because you are made in his image. Okay, so I want you to know that you are special, you are amazing, you are special, because you are made in God's image, and he gave that image to you. So I want you to all embrace that. So I've been getting lessons from God each and every day, as I mentioned. I've also been servicing God, which is a blessing to me as our great sanctification. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) So that is what I've been thinking about. I've been running this through my head every day. And I keep going through meeting people. And I say, hi, have you, do you go to church? I know a great one. You should meet my pastor. <laughs> I, met a, I met some people the other day. I'm not going to get into this story because it's not the light side we're gonna, we want to speak on. But I helped show them the light. And they really, really needed it. And I know that there are, they got put on the right path towards God, which is what we're all here to do. We're all here to praise God, to rejoice in him. But that's, I, I don't want to segue too hard from what we're doing more to our relation in the Lord and what he's done for us. So, the things I've been thinking about that I wanted to speak on today is life with God, speaking with God, lessons from God, services to God, and looking to eternity. And now I have a few notes here. And I could just read them. It may sound scattered. (laughs) But these are all important things that I've been learning from the Lord. And for one, the blood of God has washed me clean to white as snow. Praise you, Lord. For I have, he has been working with me and growing with me. And he is telling me, you are set apart. You see this beautiful field of grass, these beautiful sunflowers, how they're getting watered and they're growing and they're getting sunlight more than the ones next to the house or next to the barn that are catching more shade. And these ones are growing the best. You see that dry spot where they're not really getting a lot, but they're still growing. And he's like, that's what really, really sets some people apart in the eyes of God when he notices that you were able to stay alight, to keep shining bright, to remain holy and righteous and upright in front of him when you are coming from any other circumstance outside of pure light and water shining regularly. I don't know how to say that. I'm trying to keep it uplifted. But if you know what I mean, that's what sets you apart. Okay, we are to be uh, of the, uh, uh, in the world but not of the world and that's what really shines is when you can grow in any circumstance with anything occurring in your day to, 
with anything grow, occurring, sorry, where you can still grow, when you don't stop growing as a person, where you don't stop growing who you are. And that's what God wants to see. You are his flowers. To him, you are beautiful. Every single nuance, from, from the root to the stem, to the branches, to the flowers, you are a perfect, beautiful being to God. And you are all equal. You are all my brothers and sisters. And I want you to know Jesus loves you just the way you are because you are you. Okay? And love him for who he is, king of kings, exalted above all in the heavens. Okay? So... <laughs> I want to t uh, speak about waters. These are the, the, the waters that flow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some things I may have been informed of by God, which were special. A little uh, over my pay grade, if I could say it like that. And, <laughs> and some of them are like secrets that I'm not supposed to talk about, which I'm having an issue with because I'm like, we don't hide anything in the dark. We shine in the light. But then I'm like, well, this is like, big it's like the key to everything so i have been looking so hard for the lord that i found him and i have been in his care ever since that day where i i looked i'm going to tell you i started to look i started to look at everything i thought about like i said the sun and the air the waters the soil us as people how we're looking and i started looking to the looking to God as if in my mind I held different pictures all at once of all the things I was talking about, but I held God in a giant picture above everything and I never let it go. So above everything I held God as I looked at everything else. And that helped me really truly see him. So do not ever stop looking to the Lord. Hold him above all things. Okay, so the Lord... By the way, I might want to make two testimonies because I keep growing. <laughs> okay. Okay, we do. Okay. Okay. I will, I will enhance this. Okay, so we are called to uphold, uplift, light each other up, bring good cheer, be the salt of the earth. That's who you are. Okay, when you step in front of somebody and you shine. Okay, when somebody's in a sad mood and you get in a good mood, and you're just bouncing and happy, and they move. They're, even if they wanted to, like, they couldn't. They just keep rising, and a little smirk like, grows on their face. And they just, you can't help but rise somebody's mood. And that's being a light, okay? You're having them look up. And we're also, I, I put look up in big exclamations. This is the biggest thing God looks at. Okay, what he had to teach me, stop looking backwards. I, I keep having these issues from the past. Stop looking backwards because you're going to look down at it. Look up, look forward, look to him. Look to the Lord, okay? Keep looking forward, look to eternity with God. I'm going to touch on that in a second. Okay, so love, smile, be happy, be grateful. This is the most important thing to God is that you are grateful for what you have each and every day. Be thankful for it. Look at what you have and realize how, it is, how important it is. 
Look at each other and realize you're the most important thing to each other because everything matters, but the bonds we make with each other and the memories we forge are the most important that we're going to look back on later. All right, and I'm going to, can I wind up? Okay. So I wanted to just speak quickly on being set apart, and is, this is what my big lesson was recently. Being set, alight, uh, set apart like flowers, we need water. We need light to grow. Those getting most water and sunlight and water tend to grow the best. You really stand out to God when you grow beautiful outside that light with only a little water, when from darkness you rose and grew in light, holiness, and purity. So I keep being encouraged to heat up, light up, and grow like a flower. <laughs> Stop looking back, look to the light, and stand in it. Walk the narrow path. If you look to these beams, that very narrow point in between, <laughs> there's clarity there. <laughs> okay, so we're supposed to look in clarity. All points, all points rise to the top, and God is above all things. Okay, so no matter where you are, you can follow the lines, and they all lead to God. We are to... Get through the past and present looking upwards to God, seeing what is beautiful, light, righteous, holy, good repute, praiseworthy. Pray with all your mind, body, spirit. All lines lead to Jesus. I am in him and Jesus in me. Always forever, together in heaven. When I screamed, this, this was yesterday. I screamed, I love you, God, thinking of hugging my Lord Jesus, and I burst out into tears. And I just couldn't stop thinking about him and hugging him as if I was in heaven right there. And so, so fly with him when he sends that dove, for your nest is in heaven above. Uh, Jeremy, thank you. And uh, it could be that we don't realize just how challenging an experience that was for him to come and speak. Nathan, where's Nathan? Yes, Nathan. Now, yeah, are you okay? This is, this is very, very, very brave of him to come up and do this. And he's grown since last week, which means he can look over the, uh, over the, uh, um, the pulpit. Nathan, thank you. Okay, there you go. Right. Hello, my name is Nathan Page. I have grown up in a Christian home, learning more about Jesus through my parents, my siblings, and my church. I have always been quiet and afraid to speak in front of people, so being in front of you today is a big step for me. My sisters, Anna and Rachel, got baptized last year as well as my good friends, Jace and Josiah. And since then, I have felt Jesus tugging at my heart to get baptized too. Amen. My favorite verse is Isaiah 41.10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, strengthen you, and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to say thanks you to my mom and dad for praying for me each day that I will grow into a godly Christian man.
Thank you, Dad, for being a good leader, for listening when something is troubling me, and for praying with me and showing me God's great love and mercy for me. Thank you. And it's tremendous to see how our young people are coming to faith in the Lord Jesus. And we, we thank the Lord for his working and the power of his Holy Spirit in their lives. And it's been a joy, as I said earlier, to see some more or to hear of more of them coming to faith in the Lord Jesus. And we praise him for that. Now I'm going to ask if uh, Simon and Edie would uh, come up. And uh, just in case you don't know, Simon and Edie have... Um, they're the greatest landlords we've ever had. <laughs> In fact, they're so kind, they haven't charged us any rent. <laughs> and, uh, but this is Simon and Edie's barn that we're in, and we have been so grateful for all that you have done to help us. And it's not just this. They are, um, they're, they're just there, and that makes such a difference. Simon and Edie, thank you. I was born the third child of a family of eventually eight children. Our parents, who had a little dairy farm in Holland, taught us all about God, uh, took us to church weekly, and sent us to Christian schools. And in Holland, you can, at that time, there were uh, Christian schools up to even higher education. I was baptized as a baby, did my professional faith in my early 20s and I'm glad to say that prayer has always been part of my life. After I immigrated to Canada in 1982 I went to church at the Emmanuel Reformed Church in Woodstock and then after meeting Edie and getting married we settled in Waynefleet where we started the greenhouse operation growing cucumbers. We attended Waynefleet Maranatha Reformed Church part of the RCA and became quite involved over the years me as deacon, elder, property man, and maintenance, and lawn cutting. We have two children. Heidi was born on my 36th birthday in 1988, and Ari was born almost three years later. We sold the greenhouses in 1999 and bought a farm again in Waynefleet. Heidi went to university in Syracuse, New York, on a rowing scholarship, met a guy there, and married him, and they lived just outside Watertown, New York. Their little girl is almost three years old. Ari got a job at Salford as engineer after graduating from McMaster. So now we were between the two of them, but not close to either one. Early 2020, we started thinking about moving closer to Ari and Joanne and Danica. As the chance of them coming closer to us was pretty much zero. The way God steered this move and made it happen is nothing short of miraculous. We are here now and are very thankful to be part of the Norris Baptist Church, which is another one of God's moves in our lives. We are very thankful for all the friendships and the support we have received, especially with the ongoing health issues with Danica. We want to answer God's call to be baptized today and become members of NBC. Thank you.
seven children. I'm the middle child. One older brother, two older sisters, one younger brother, and two younger sisters. So I was exactly in the middle. We all learned Dutch as our first language. My parents insisted we speak Dutch at home until my youngest sister also was able to speak Dutch fairly well. And then we kind of transitioned to some words Dutch, some English, a kind of Yankee Dutch kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how my parents spoke a lot. So uh, we just picked up some words like that too. So, um, so actually I learned the English language in the first grade but knowing Dutch was very helpful later in life. I grew up on a dairy farm as well, and the girls milked the cows. I also grew up in a Christian home, and that was a blessing, but not without challenges, as I experienced episodes of sadness. However, I enjoyed learning and completed nursing school and worked as a registered nurse for several years. When I met Simon, I thought, I would not experience depression again. I was so wrong. Six months prior to getting married, my younger brother, named Audie as well, had a fatal car accident. I was closer to him than any of my other siblings. And he took such a liking to Simon that he would go to Simon's place and spend time with him, restoring or fixing his tractor or relating to him as, or seeing Simon as an older brother, that it was really uh, touching to me as well. Soon after the tragedy, I was hospitalized for a short time for depression. We already had plans for marriage, but due to circumstances, we decided to get married in Holland. Then we moved to Waynefleet in the Niagara Peninsula roughly two weeks after returning from Europe. We joined Maranatha Reformed Church, and I soon participated in the ladies' Bible study, and finally did my confession of faith there, and helped teach children's programs, and participated in several church activities, along with being the custodian for 10 years. After the birth of our daughter, Heidi, I soon had to deal with postpartum depression. Aggravated by sleep aggravation, or sleep deprivation and needed a hospitalization. However, with the help of biblical counseling from a couple that were our friends as well, and through much prayer of our church family, I recovered. Depression is real. I believe it can happen to anyone. We do, however, grow more from adversity than when everything is just so, so good. Since we started attending the Norwich Baptist Church a little over a year ago, we have grown in our understanding of scripture, particular, particularly baptism and its meaning, our obedience to Jesus Christ, our confession of Jesus, our dedication to Jesus, as well as our identification to Jesus Christ, which brings us to our decision to be baptized today. And thank you all for your support and being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, Edie had chosen a song which we haven't been able to find until uh, this morning. So we've added this song into our service. 
It's simply entitled My Tribute. Please let's stand and sing it. And sing it well for Edie's sake, please. The Lord bless you. So what we're going to do now is come to the Lord in prayer and then we'll sing one more hymn. And in that time, we will get ready uh, to uh, uh, go forward into the uh, Baptist, uh, into the waters of baptism. And uh, then Chris, uh, my fellow elder here, will come over and take over while we're getting changed and come back. And uh, then we just have a very brief message, which we're looking at at the subject of faith. Let's pray. And so our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, as we have stood together and as we have sung all of the songs that we have during the course of this morning. And as we have stood and as we have uh, been able to hear the testimonies that have been presented and have been brought, Lord, we thank you for each and every one of them. We thank you for the fact that that common theme which runs through them is that I cannot do it any longer. And then you stepped in, changed everything. And our baptism is in recognition of everything that you have done for us. And Father, I thank you for that uh, great sense of obedience which has been presented here, yes, from a very young man to those slightly older. And yet it's the same thing to be obedient to the Savior. And I just thank you for this. And I pray that each and every one of us here this morning would recognize just how important it is and the joy that is given to us to be 
obedient to the Lord. So I thank you for each of the testimonies and I pray that as we go forward now into the waters of baptism that we would sense and know your great presence and joy with us in all that takes place in the remaining part of our service this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So please let's stand and we'll sing Trust and Obey. And uh, those that are being baptized, if you'd like to get yourselves ready, that would be tremendous.
days. So uh, we come now to the time where we, uh, if you want to, just picture the River Jordan because it's the same water. It's, it's no different. I can't feel any gravel under my feet, can you? No, no not, not, not on much. this occasion. But um, I, I think this is, this is just so exciting because this is the one thing that we can do here in this earth that our Lord did for us and just so clearly presented. And so I'm going to ask um, uh, Mike uh, a couple of questions and then we're going to make a statement and uh, then we're going to baptize him. And Jeremy is here as a support for him because these guys have known each other for a long time, 20 years? Over 20 years. Over 20 years. And, and I, I've, um, I've just so appreciated seeing how they've got worked together. So I'm going to say, Mike, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the power of this world, and repent of your sin? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Um, Mike, do you now confess Jesus Christ as your saviour? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord and Master. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, so I just need you to come forward. All right. I want you to put your hands together here, one on top like that, and I'm going to grab there. Mike's taller than I was anticipating. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. So, uh, so I just want I'll you to bend your knees gently as we go down, but I'm going to just say, stand, stand up there for a moment. Okay. So, Mike, on your own confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Lord, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Just let your legs go. Give me your hand, okay? So at uh, Norwich Baptist Church, we like to involve family members with uh, our baptisms. Um, we don't see ourselves as, uh, as this has to be something simply that the pastor is involved in. And so I think it's tremendous when uh, uh, other people are there. Perhaps somebody who has been a blessing in our walk and coming to faith in the Lord Jesus. And that's why uh, Jeremy was here. Uh, but he didn't bring any, anything to change into, so that was that. And it's great that Nathan's got his mum. Uh, his dad's busy playing the piano, and it's a joy to have Julie to take part in this. And so, Nathan, I'm going to ask you the same questions that we are. Thank you for your testimony, by the way. Really appreciated that, and it's such a joy to uh, hear this from young people in, in our fellowship. So, Nathan, I'm going to ask you the same questions. Um, if there's anything in these questions you don't understand, you now need to ask me, okay? But Nathan, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? That's Satan. He's real, okay? There's spiritual warfare that's taking place. Do you reject, push away, keep away from the power of this world and repent of your sin? Yes. Amen. Nathan, do you now confess Jesus Christ as your savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord and Master. Yes. Okay, right. 
So Nathan, I'm going to ask if you'd put your hands together on your chest and if uh, Mum Julie would stand, I can come this way a bit more. Okay. And uh, let's always get the words in the right order. Okay, so you're going to hold him there, okay, and just bend your knees gently when the time comes, all right? So, uh, Nathan, on your own confession of faith, not your dad's, not your mum's, okay, but yours, right? On your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as, as Lord, we baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Good Yeah, yeah. There's a real warm patch over here as yeah. well. It's lovely. I don't know whether the heater was there. Okay, so I just want to say, as I've said uh, a moment ago, that the tremendous blessing that these guys have... I think you came to the church. Was it by mistake on the first occasion? Yeah, we took, uh, took the wrong road, and then we ended okay. up being late for the other one. <laughs> well, you know what? The Lord works in very, very many mysterious yes. ways, and the truth is there are no coincidences no. Um, at all, and we discover this throughout our lives. Um, but I just want to say that Simon and Edie have just been a personal blessing um, to myself and to my wife. Uh, we have seen the way that you have helped with uh, Ari and with Joanna and with Danica, and it's been a tremendous blessing to see that. But we have seen that love and that care and that concern filter into the whole of this fellowship. And so people have looked to you as those um, who we just see the way that the Lord has worked in your hearts and in your lives for a long time. And uh, our baptism, or your baptism today, is nothing to do with salvation, but it is a demonstration of all through your life of what Christ has done because he died for you, because he was buried, and because he, raised, he was raised from the grave for us. And so we thank you for that. And so it's great to have a husband and wife because both are involved in this. And so we're going to baptize Simon first, Edie's going to help me do that. She knows him better than I do, okay? And then Simon is going to baptize um, um, Edie. So what I thought I could do is to ask the questions of you together, if that was all right. And so the very first one that we just want to say is, uh, Edie and, and Simon, do you now renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the power of this world, and repent of your sin? Yes, I do. Amen. And uh, Edie and Simon, do you now confess Jesus Christ as your Lord? as your saviour and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord and master. Okay, thank you. And so, Simon, you stand in the middle. Come forward a bit because you're quite tall as well. All right, so put your hands there and that gives me something to hang on to. And so, um, Simon, on your own confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and saviour, we baptise you. Just let your knees go sort of yep. when you're ready. 
We baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's tremendous. So, Edie, on your own confession of faith, I had an auntie who was uh, baptised on the confession of faith of her husband, and she realised that afterwards because she depended upon him for everything, but I know that you love the Lord Jesus, and so it's on your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour that we baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Any of the kids want to go to uh, Sunday school? You can go now at this time. And nursery, and nursery too. 
Okay. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your love, that we have become sons and daughters of you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for Mike, for Nathan, for Jeremy, for Simon and Edie, who have been baptized today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Walk forward, cleansed of sin, embraced and loved by the Father. May they follow the leading of the Lord Jesus Christ, guiding their paths. And may they be filled with the Holy Spirit, flowing with love and grace, drinking in the truth of God, and pouring out your hope and redemption into a broken world. Amen. Uh, The reading this morning is from uh, Romans 10, verses 1 to 11. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, For whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon his name. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Please join in our next song.
Yeah, um, we'll do it later. Okay. Uh, unless everybody's here, Joe. Is everybody here now? Is everybody, uh, Mike, is Mike back yet? Or? Yeah, right, Mike. Um, uh, Joe's going to help me. Uh, we've got uh, some gifts for those who are baptized here in our fellowship. And so, Mike, if you'd like to come up, we want to make a presentation for you. And, uh, and then if everybody else would come as well, that would be, uh, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. That's right. And we have that. So we always like to make sure that everybody goes away equipped and uh, with God's word. Mike, every blessing, and we'll keep in touch. Okay, no worries. Okay, that's great. Nathan, where's Nathan? Okay. And so, Nathan, um, we've got... Uh, No worries. Thank you very much, Nathan. The Lord bless you and keep you. Okay. And then uh, Simon and Edie. Um, so we're not cutting corners, but we've got a, a single study Bible for you. And Simon said to me, just ensure it's large print. So I just want you to know it was a challenge to find a study Bible with large print in it. But uh, we've managed to do that. And so I hope the print is, uh, is large enough. And we've got a couple of books here. And... Uh, and uh, just trust and pray the Lord blesses you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Fine. And so uh, we come now to a brief message that uh, I think is important. Faith, of course, is one of those issues that people will talk about. It's, um, it's very easy to say that I have got my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody who doesn't know the Savior can stand and look at me and say, well, what is it in? What is it that you believe in? You know, you can't see God. Jeremy did a pretty good job, I think, in explaining that we can see God very, in a very real way in the beauty of creation around us. And then other people will say, but, but you can't sense and know that he's with you. Well, yes, when you're a believer, you can. But to try and explain that to people can always be difficult. And sometimes people will say, well, look, you know, this faith business, um, the dictionary definition says that it is a belief in, a devotion to, or trust in somebody or something, especially without logical proof. So that's the way the world looks at faith. And this is often the criticism that is given. We do not know what we believe in. That's what people will say. To, oh, well, you know, what do you really believe in? Well, friends, I need to say to you that we do have a tremendous amount that is given to us. In fact, everything we need in God's word. And as we had read, and I'm hoping that uh, you heard those uh, verses earlier, uh, from uh, Romans chapter 10, as Chris read them out, that you will have noticed a statement that is made in those verses, which is uh, tremendously exciting for us. You see, the word faith is key in our Christian vocabulary, in our Christian lives. The Scriptures warns us very clearly that without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. 
And that's quite obvious, isn't it? Because if we haven't got faith in God, how can we ever please him? According to the scriptures, we also see very clearly that God has graciously given to us the scriptures to help us and to assist us. Now, interestingly, the Bible describes itself here in the verses that uh, Chris had read to us. I think it's in verse 8. The Bible talks of itself very clearly and we read, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. In your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So now do you begin to see that suddenly it isn't a case of having nothing to hold on to. It's everything that we have to hold on to because we discover that God in his goodness has given us faith in his word. Now friends, you may not understand this, But apart from the word of God, there can be no real faith in God because faith is based on the word of God. And this morning, as we have seen these folks that have been baptized, we're seeing a real picture of a real series of events that have taken place in their hearts and in their lives. They have demonstrated the fact that they have died to the sins, to this world, and they have been raised to life, to new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we really need to just ask ourselves very, very briefly this morning, what actually is biblical faith? Well, faith is confidence in God that is based on his word. If we have faith in things that are not based in his word, then we discover that we have no anchor. We have no firm foundation. But when we have the word of God, we discover that our faith is firmly founded in his word. Therefore, we know what is right. We know what we should avoid. We know the things that we shouldn't do. How was it that when Mike and others gave their testimonies, they were able to speak of the fact that they knew what was right? They knew what they should do and they knew what they shouldn't be involved in. So faith is confidence in God that is based on his word. Faith is confidence that leads to obedience. And this is the marker. This is the line. This is the demarcation, if you like, because the Bible explains to us how we should live our lives. Our faith is clearly shown in the word of God and we begin to see it being applied into our lives as we read it, as we study it and as we learn it. Faith means obeying God's will in spite of feelings. In spite of circumstances, in spite of consequences. And if you're doing the word search this morning, those three words that I've just listed could be very, very good for you to look for. The word faith is important. We understand that the word word is important because it's the word of faith. And feelings and circumstances and consequences can sometimes come in and cause us to have a disconnect in our faith. Because if we don't feel like praising God, if we don't feel connected with him, that can damage our faith. And so we recognize that our faith in God is there regardless of the feelings and of the circumstances and the consequences. And this is why we need the word of faith. This is why we need the Bible, why we need the scriptures. You see, you and I are so prone to give in to our feelings. We're prone to yield to our circumstances. 
or to fear the circumstances and the consequences that may come from them. Yes, we want to trust God and we want to obey him. But at the back of our minds, there's that niggling doubt. Is it going to work? Is it actually going to change anything that I face and that I feel? And so we have struggles, struggles within us. And we have fears without us. And the Christian who really wants to succeed must walk by faith. We, of course, know what the opposite of walking by faith is, don't we? The opposite of walking by faith is walking by sight. So that we follow the things that we see. And if there's something that we can't see, then our faith is not strong enough. And here's the thing. We cannot walk by faith apart from the word of faith. So our walk with God cannot be apart from his word. Because his word is what gives us and leads us and directs us and is a lamp to our feet to make sure that we're walking on the solid ground. To make sure that we know where we're going, that we know the direction that we're heading in. To succeed in the Christian life, we must give ourselves fully to the word of faith. Now as we read uh, Romans chapter 10 verses 1 to 15, you discover that the word of faith Uh, what it does to us. And this is interesting for us here this morning to be able to understand. We want to know what is it that this word of faith does to our lives, does to the life of a believer. What are the effects that it has on us? And it's so important that we recognize these things because sometimes you'll come across people who say, oh, I've got faith. And after a few minutes of talking to them, you're thinking to yourself, well, I really have no idea what your faith is in, but it's not in the God who created this universe that we're a part of. Tonight, there's an interesting astronomical thing taking place. There's a full eclipse of the moon. And uh, it's quite likely that this evening, around 8.39, 9.30, we will see a very blood-red moon. So if you want to have a look at that tonight and then think of scriptures, it's, it's interesting to see what's going on. So, so we see creation all around us. But what are the effects that this word of faith has on us? Well, very strangely, the first one that is spoken of here. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. You see, the first effect that the word of faith has on us is to bend our knees. That, 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 that's so important because that speaks of our prayer life. It also speaks of our submission to the will of God. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God, for, uh, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. It's amazing how zealous we can be for something without understanding anything as to why we do this. Some people dress up in a certain way. Some people do certain other religious activities and things. They, they have this zeal but is it according to knowledge and that knowledge of course is our love and our having coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes you see man doesn't want to live by faith 
And he certainly doesn't want to live by the faith of God's word. It's too personal. In fact, when people pick up the Bible, maybe for the first time, and they might come across, uh, uh, perhaps someone's advised them to read John's Gospel, and all of a sudden, they see themselves being spoken of in the Scriptures. Because that's what the Scriptures do. And I think it was Mike that said in his testimony, these were things that were being shown. Jeremy certainly did. And others have certainly commented on it. Did you know that only 13% of men in churches, this was a survey in the United States, maybe they're different down there, I don't know. But only 13% of men in churches would say that they would completely hold to the Ten Commandments. This is in churches. And 91% of men... I'm saying men, so ladies, you can relax at this particular point. 91% say, well, if there was a need, they wouldn't be particularly beholden to the truth. However, please note that all of us, believers or unbelievers alike, live by faith in something. I've been trying to do some gardening recently and my hands are obviously sort of like hands from guys who do office jobs, okay? And the skin's got thin, okay? And even picking up a mug of tea hurts now because the heat will go through them. And, and some of you guys with callous hands, you know, I'm beginning to understand and appreciate that. But you see, some of us have faith in our muscles, in our strength. Some of us have faith in our, mu- in our, in our, in our money, Some of us have faith in our jobs. You know, we've got a good job and it's there for us. Some of us have great faith in our loved ones, our friends and our family, parents perhaps. You see, everybody has faith in something. And I hear unsaved people will say, well, I don't really believe in this faith business. And by saying I don't really believe, they're actually admitting that there is a certain amount of faith. Anyone who takes a prescription to the pharmacist, you know, you've got to have faith that that guy or that girl is going to put the right stuff in the bottle and tell you how much to take at the right time. And there are people whose lives come to an end because the pharmacist didn't do the job correctly. So we live by faith when we take our prescription to the pharmacist. You're trusting the pharmacist. And anybody who signs his name on a check is living by faith, trusting that there's money in the bank to honor that check. And some of us are more involved in faith in that department than others. But generally, men and women resist living by faith. Why? Because faith hurts our pride. Human beings are very proud people. You see, man wants to be self-sufficient. He always ever has been. Adam and Eve wanted to be like God. That's why they sinned. And they believed a lie. Because they wanted that self-sufficiency. Man doesn't want to depend upon God. There was a, a man in the Old Testament called Naaman. He was a leper. And the prophet said, Naaman, go down to the river Jordan and just dip yourself in the water seven times and you'll be healed. And what did Naaman do? He got angry. He said, we've got much prettier rivers back in my home country. The water's a lot cleaner there than it is here. Why should I dip myself in this dirty Jordan River? 
You see, he didn't want to live by faith. He wanted to exalt himself and be self-sufficient. Men and women resist living by faith. And that's why men and women resist the Bible. The Bible is the word of faith. We've just read that description of itself a moment ago. And the word of faith bends our knees. Both in prayer and in submission. These Jewish people that Paul is writing about. They wouldn't bend their knee. They were determined at all costs to get rid of Jesus. They'd been scheming and plotting and trying to come up with ways of killing him, of murdering him. And these were the shepherds of Israel, the one who should have been able to stand as an example and a testimony and to say, no, this is how you live. And yet this is what they were trying to do. They wouldn't bow the knee. They wouldn't bend their knee. They wouldn't submit themselves to the righteousness. Now that's another word you've got to make a note of. They wouldn't submit themselves to the righteousness of God. And seven times in this short passage, Romans 10 verses 1 to 6, you find Paul using the word righteousness. What is man's greatest need? Man's greatest need is to be made right with God. Righteousness. How does man get right with God? By faith in God. But men and women in their natural state, just don't want that to happen. People just do not want naturally to put their faith in Jesus Christ and serve God. They don't want to receive the righteousness of God. They want to have their own righteousness. You see, there's nothing new under the sun. Many people today are like these zealous Jews they're religious. They're even sincere. And we come across this very often. But are they prepared to receive righteousness? You see, faith glorifies God. And for those of us who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we bring glory to God. There are times when we don't feel like it. There are times... When the world gets in the way and we allow it to get in the way. But faith glorifies God, but self-righteousness glorifies man. And man resists living by faith. We prefer to walk by sight. Friends, we must submit ourselves to God's word. And the question is, have you bowed your knees to the word of faith? Have you accepted that the word of God talks about sin? And have you accepted that as it talks about sin, it's telling the truth? Do we understand how terrible sin is to God? What it says about hell is true. Jesus spent a great deal of time talking about hell. And what the Bible says about me is true. And what it says about Jesus and salvation, all of it is true. And the question is, have you accepted this truth? What does the word of faith do for you? Well, the first thing it does is it bends your knees. There's no other option 
You've got to submit to God. Now the second effect that it has is it not only bends our knees, but it speaks to our hearts, verses 5 to 8. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to try and bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith speaks directly to the heart. Why does it do that? Because according to the scriptures that we have here, your heart has to believe. It has to believe. If you do not believe wholeheartedly, you have no belief. You have no faith. And where does faith come from? It comes from the word of God. When we look at verse 17 of Romans chapter 10 and we read this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then when you connect verse 17 with verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way or as the King James use uh, puts it. Uh, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise the word of faith speaks to our hearts. And by speaking to our hearts, it generates, and there's a word you need to notice, it generates the faith that we need. You see, men and women by themselves cannot generate faith. Faith is indeed a gift from God. God has to work in our hearts, and it is the word of faith that does this. So as we take God's word, he works in our hearts, and we discover that that gift of faith is given to us. Jesus spoke to the lame man in John uh, chapter 5 and he said, take up your bed and walk. And you see, there was power in the words that Jesus used. And that word gave faith. And Jesus said to a man who had had a withered hand, he said, stretch out your hand. And that word gave faith and he stretched out his hand and he was healed. Now the point that Paul is making is very simply this, the word of God is not far from us. Sometimes we make things hard and complicated. Sometimes we, we, we say to ourselves, you know, God isn't speaking to me. And at the same time, we're holding his word. And some of us have been able to take his word and we've memorized acres of it. And we still say that God isn't speaking to me. Friends, that's not what the scriptures are saying. The scriptures are clearly explaining here that this is God's word. And in reading God's word, God is speaking to us. Never think that we are far away from God's word because it is near. And the word of faith speaks to our hearts. And friends, we all need to hear it. Why? Because with hearing comes believing. Again, we've said it so often in Scripture, there's always an order. There's always an order that takes place. And we discover very clearly here that hearing comes before believing. Friends, this is the beautiful thing about it. There's no excuse. There is absolutely no excuse. The Word of God is near you. You're here this morning and you've heard it read. You've read it yourself. It's near you. And you can reach out 
by the faith given to you and receive the word of God. So what does the word of faith do for you? Well, it bends your knees and it speaks to your heart. And thirdly, it opens your mouth. Now, there's another word you need to make a note of, mouth. Did you notice in verses 8 to 13 that Paul speaks about the mouth a lot? Uh, verse 8, he says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if we confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. I like that, don't you? Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. We hold our heads up high. It's exciting. For there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, he shall save. Now these verses, as I've said, all have to do with our mouths. Some of us talk too much. Some of us not enough, perhaps. You see, at the beginning of the book of Romans, God shuts our mouth. Have you ever noticed that? Romans 3 verse 19. Now we know... That whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty <coughs> Excuse me, before God. Josie's six. Is she here? And she had a problem this week. She told her mum a lie. And she started off defending the situation and then suddenly her mouth shut because she knew she was just digging in further and further and more lies would be coming. She was guilty. Has your mouth been stopped? Because you keep digging in further, denying God, denying all that he has done for his people. You see, there are people who will argue with God. We've all met them. There are people who tell you that they're good. And they like to tell God just how good they are. People who come with their defenses and their apologies and their arguments as to why they are different to other believers. Why they don't have to come to church regularly because there's other things they want to do. Why they don't have to be involved in church like other people are. Why some of God's word doesn't apply to them. There are those people that will say things like this to God. It's okay, it's different for me. And Paul says no. In order to be saved, your mouth has to be shut. Because you've got to listen. You've got to listen to God speaking, God talking. And when you finally get to the point that you can then open your mouth and call on the Lord to save you, he does. He will. He wants to. And it's a beautiful and it's wonderful and it's amazing and it's an utterly 
awesome experience. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's the thing. And whoever, whosoever, and surprisingly to some people, includes everybody. <laughs> We're all the whosoever here. Now that's good news. Because some of us don't feel like we're part of the whosoever. Some people will say, well, you know, I'm a pretty terrible sinner. God couldn't possibly save me. Could he? Well, I've got to tell you, you're part of the whosoever. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to pornography. God can't save me, can he? You're part of the whosoever. Because the whosoever includes you. It includes me. You say, well, I've run away from God. And I know there are people here this morning. They have been running for decades. They're actually tired. But they're still running. Does the whosoever include me? It does. And you say, but I've been told all my life that I can never call to the Lord for salvation. Wait for it. The whosoever includes you. Yes, the word of faith. Bend your knees. Submit to him. It speaks to your heart. You believe in him. It opens your mouth and you call on him and you confess him with your heart. Man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There is no such thing as saying, oh yes, I'm saved. But I'm ashamed to tell anybody about it. Friends, when you call upon the Lord and he saves you, the next thing you want to do is to share with people around us what has happened. And God opens our mouth in testimony and in praise. And the result is salvation. Verse 9, you will be saved. Not you might be saved. Verse 10, confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Could God make it any clearer? Could he? The word of faith opens your mouth. Have you ever done that? Have you ever opened your mouth and called upon the Lord and then confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? The word of faith. Some people say to me, no, I want to be saved, but I've never done that. The scriptures say, open our mouths and call to the Lord. Now this morning we have witnessed the testimony of God's wonderful grace in the lives of these four people who have been baptized. They have identified themselves with Jesus in all he has done to save us. They have opened their mouths and they have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. They have died to the old life and have been raised to new life in Jesus Christ. They have identified themselves that they belong to Jesus. Have you? No condemnation now I dread. 
Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine, bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Let's stand and we're going to sing our closing hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain an Interest in the Saviour's Blood.
there you have it, folks. Uh, the hymn says it all, doesn't it? Okay. You know, the chains fall off as we define and see that quickening ray in our hearts. The power of God at work in us. And it's great joy that we have. So please, if there's anybody who wants to find out more about what it is to know and to love the Lord Jesus, to be able to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, well, do speak to myself or my wife or one of the other elders and deacons here at this fellowship. Uh, we'd be delighted to talk to you. And if there's anybody else who would like to, uh, uh, to talk to me about baptism again, please do so. Um, because it would be tremendous to have a, a service of uh, believers baptism once we move into our, our tent and to be able to um, to rejoice together. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you for the words that we have just uh, read together and we have sung together. Uh, we thank you for the witness and the testimonies that we have seen and heard. And Lord, as we have seen graphically displayed what it is that you did for us, that you died, that you were buried, and that you rose again. And we praise you for this. And so, Lord, I just ask that if there is somebody here this morning whose heart has been questioning these things for a while, there's been that, 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 that nudging within our hearts that has been questioning, that we would stop putting it off and that we would start to open our ears and to listen, to stop our mouth from coming up with all the excuses as to why we don't need to listen and let's see our mouths then opened so that we can confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we pray that the gift of faith would be poured out lavishly upon each and every one of us, those that haven't come to faith yet. And Lord, we just pray that you'd go with those who have been baptized, keep them safe during the course of this week, that the enemy would be kept at bay.